Hello and welcome to My Biggest Lesson, the show that brings you the key learnings from the most influential founders, executives, and investors in the Colorado tech community. My name is Adam Burrows. And I'm Chris Erickson. Together, we are the co-founders of Range Ventures, an early stage venture firm based in Denver. You can find out more about what we're up to at range.vc. Our guest this week is Topher Marie. Topher is the CTO and co-founder of Strata, the leader in identity orchestration for hybrid and multi-cloud environments that enables organizations to integrate and control incompatible identity systems without changing the user access experience. Strata has raised nearly $40 million through its Series B. And before Strata, Topher was the CTO and a co-founder of another Denver unicorn, JumpCloud. Topher, thanks so much for joining us. Nah, thanks for having me, guys. We'd love to start out just to hear a little bit about what you're up to today with Strata. Oh, yeah. So Strata Identity, we've been around a little over three years now, maybe getting close to four years. Wow, time flies, doesn't it? So we're in the identity space. Identity has been part of my background for quite some time now. And uh, what Strata is doing is we're moving and trying to create this market of identity orchestration where we have large providers that do very interesting things they have directories for you to store your identity there's other providers that do great things around second factors there's other providers that will do identity proofing and as large organizations grow they kind of accrete all of these different identity providers and uh, different mechanisms to handle identity what strata does is orchestrate all those things together and make them make uh, a great way for all of these different identity features to work together thanks so for that that's that's really great and you guys have had a lot of success i know so so far love to hear how did you end up at strata and kind of you know you i've seen you you've been at some of the more successful companies locally in, in ping and junk cloud and how did you find your way to the early stage startup world yeah, so Ping was actually my first foray into identity, and that was a while back now. That must have been like 2007, something like that, where I went to Ping as it was still a, a small company. Like at that point, I had lunch with the CEO the first week, just as a uh, senior developer, and I think I knew everybody there, probably less than 100 people, certainly less than 100 people at that point. Uh, from there, I went to a company called Simplified, where I met my now co-founder, Eric Olden, who was the CEO there. After Simplified, three, four years at Simplified, I went and I was one of the co-founders of JumpCloud. I was uh, a CTO there. I was actually vice president of engineering there for a while as well. So from there, you know, that's the first place that I really got to see how the entrepreneurial world worked and how to build something from zero, from basically that company started in my living room in in 2012, I think it was. 2012 started in my living room. I was doing the very first coding. I, I doubt, I hope that none of that code still survives in their code base there. But it was an exciting time to build something from, from nothing, build it up to. I'm so super proud of where that company has gone over the last 12 years or so. Man, now it's like 15 years that they just built something wonderful and so proud have been a part of that. That's great. And and you you're unique a little bit too, Topher, in that you are a pretty much a lifelong Colorado, as we talked about. 
How have you seen the ecosystem in tech really evolve throughout all your different stops along the way to where it is now and building a, a new company here? Yeah. So Colorado tech scene, you know, it's exploded over the last 10 years, obviously. Such a pool of talent has accreted, accrued here in this in this area. We've got great venture capitalists who are now moving into the area. We've had great venture capitalists for a while now, but it's really starting to be a little bit of a hub itself. And that's exciting both as a as a technologist who gets to work with really, really smart people. And I don't have to go to San Francisco. I don't have to move to New York. And also as an entrepreneur, where we have that pool of talent to pull from, so very exciting. In terms of what, why do you think Colorado has attracted so much talent over the last five, ten plus years versus other places? I think that Colorado attracts people, and we're just lucky that it attracts people. We've got so many great things to do here. We've got the outside. We've got the mountains. I myself lived in Puerto Rico for three years just recently. Like I just moved back here in the fall. And it's great being in Puerto Rico. They've got great beaches. I got to go sailing. I got to do surfing. But I just missed so much the outdoors that we have here in Colorado. So the fact that we can just attract people means that we have a good reason to attract the talent as well. And balance that out with Denver, you know, not the biggest city, not in competition with some other large cities for, you know, just having, I don't know, Restaurant scene is great. I'm not trying to disparage that at all, but there are places that have bigger cities. Colorado is great where you have that balance of great city, enough city, and great outdoors. And are you guys building the company remotely or with a central office here? So we started out fully remote. We actually started in 2019, uh, very end of, well, we started hiring additional people at the end of 2019. And then COVID happened, obviously. And the three co-founders at that point, I lived in Puerto Rico. Uh, the CEO was living here in the Boulder, Denver area. And then our chief product officer was living in San Francisco. So we started out fully remote ourselves. We do have a little bit of a concentration here and some a concentration in Vancouver as well. I would say maybe 25% of our people are here in the Denver metro area. 25% in Vancouver area, but other than that, we are fully remote and we get together once a year, maybe twice a year or something like that. We just had a wonderful trip up to Whistler where we got to do some skiing, but also just get to see everybody together. And there's there's a bonding that you get when you can actually have a drink with a person face-to-face that you don't get when it's all over Zoom. You get some nice arguments between the Vancouver team and the Colorado team over the best ski resort. <laughs> it's wonderful up there. I'm not going to uh, argue against Whistler, but come on. It's Colorado. We agree. We agree, obviously, bias. So, so Dover, I know you haven't been back from Puerto Rico for that long, but but curious, any companies locally that you're excited about outside of Strata? Oh, that's, that's a, a tough question. I am still very excited about Jump Cloud, of course. My heart belongs there at some level, and it's wonderful to see the success that they've been having over the last couple of years and the momentum that they have. So I would say that that's a big one. Um, Stackhawk, actually. I also um, have some friends who are in at Stackhawk, and I love watching what they're doing, too, and I think that they've got great potential and great momentum as well. Awesome. Great, great companies. So Topher, let's transition to sort of the topic we're, we're here for. 
you know, we'd love to hear what your biggest lesson is that you've learned in your career, um, how you learned it, and then how do you apply that lesson today to work personal life or just how you operate in general? Yeah, that's great. And I, I love the format that you guys are doing this. This is, this is wonderful. Thank you for having me on this again. So I think as, as you grow as an entrepreneur, as a co-founder, as a, as someone who's trying to build something, you really learn to concentrate on operating within the circle of your control and something that we accept as founders and entrepreneurs, you know, the customer is always right. We try to influence the market. We try to build a market, but ultimately if you've got no influence or control over something, it's a waste of your time to get very, very concerned about it. And I think what I have really learned from that is the same is true of people and of your relationships. Again, you can somewhat influence people, but only somewhat. Um, wishing the market was different is a waste of time. Wishing any circumstances were different is a waste of time. Wishing a person is different is a waste of time too. And I've, I've spent a lot of time in my life trying to convince other people that my perspective is correct. You know, outside of facts, yeah, I can objectively say, I can objectively say, hey, this algorithm is broken and we can't be using this. Or I can objectively or less objectively say that Colorado has the best skiing scene in the world and this is the, the right place to be. But outside of that, you know, I've in my career, in my life, I've spent a lot of time just kind of going over this rehearsal loop in my mind where trying to say, hey, why is my manager not care about the quality of product as much as I do? Or why is he favoring this other employee? Something a little more concrete, like I wish they, why can't we do API first? Why are we so UI focused? Um, other employees, other peers, or, you know, sometimes you get upset because they're not uh, passionate about their work product or, hey, Travis is a great backend engineer. I wish he was more full stack. And I think about how can I convince him to be that way? It appears that don't think the same way that I do. And it can eat at you. Like I said, that rehearsal loop where you're running that argument through your brain, through your mind. Even yesterday, like uh, I was driving into a Walmart parking lot and there was this great spot. It wasn't too far away from the front. And this guy came from his car and he put the, the shopping cart right in the middle of that spot. What's more is that spot was right next to where the grocery carts were supposed to go. And it, you know, it's not to say that I'm not right objectively, because obviously I am in this case just put the darn thing where it actually belongs there. But going through that argument in my head and, and, and it's just going through that loop, trying to explain to the guy or berate the guy, you know, I'm not actually going to talk to him, but I think about, come on, here's what I would, should say to that guy. I've got to accept that that's not going to happen and I've got to let that go. So a concrete example of this, um, probably a decade ago or so I was, taking over a low-performing team, had three, four different engineers on it, very beginning of a startup kind of life cycle. And uh, it was low-performing. We had one guy who was really, really smart, but didn't work well with others. Another guy just would come in hours late and leave early and just was not checked in to the company at all. And we had another guy who was nice enough, but just couldn't do the work. It was early in his career. He was not an expert at, at that arena. And I spent a lot of time worrying about that and trying to make them change. And so I think that 
what the real lesson here is not only that you can't waste a lot of time trying to change how people are, but you can't waste a lot of time wishing that you were a different person than you are. I have this friend, Tim, super extroverted. Where he's the kind of guy where we'll wait in line for a concert or an event or something, and by the end of it, he'll be friends with the people in front of us and friends with the people behind us. And I bring him to parties or I have a party at my house, and months later, people are like, hey, how's Tim doing? First time we met him. And man, I wish I was that guy. I wish I was like that. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about how could I be more like that? But I'm not. I go to a party and I I don't engage that way. I'm not the kind of guy who can just go make instant friends with other people. And I beat myself up over it. But I have to accept that I can't want what I don't want. And that's true for other people too. I can't want them to want something that they don't want. I can't want... I can't make people fundamentally change how they are, including myself. So that's really kind of the lesson that I've taken from this is to accept my authentic self, as somebody else was saying recently on one of your podcasts. You know, back to that low performing team, I wanted them to be different. Um, That's not to say that everyone has to be on all the time, that we don't have bad days. We don't have bad weeks. You you know, you're favorite baseball team loses, whatever it is. Yeah, some everyone needs some help sometimes. And as a manager, of course, you want to contribute to that. And you want to develop your engineers and you want to develop your peers and you want to help people to be the, their best selves. But there's a difference between that and people who just are not engaged with the company and just are not wanting the same things that you don't want. So you know, I, I would call the guy, I would wake up early myself to call the guy who couldn't get in on time to say, hey, are you getting up? You got to come in there. And it's just, it was an effective use of my time. And I hated it. I did not want to be the person to try to change those other people. I'm a lot happier. I'm a lot happier now that I realized that I, I can't want people to change their values. I can want them to change their values, but it's a waste of time. It's a waste of effort. So being true to myself is about working with high performers. Being true to myself is about allowing myself to be an introvert and going to parties and realizing that I might be standing in a quarter with a beer or just, you know, do the right thing there and seek out the other people who are quiet, but know that I need to recharge afterwards and that I'm not as much as I want to be the guy who gathers energy from going and talking to people. I'm not. And so I need to accept that about myself. Topher, one one thing I heard what you're saying is sort of the focus on, you know, the things that you can control and not obsessing or being focused on the things you can't control as well. The way we've seen that have a real negative impact on founders is it creates sort of a victim mentality where everything is happening to me type of thing. And you're right, there's a bunch of things you can't control, but I think when people focus on it, they lose sight of, okay, well, that's the reality. What are the things I can control? And what are the actions I'm going to take as a result of the things I actually can control? Absolutely. And I think that the kind of people who become entrepreneurs, kind of people who want to build things, it's because they want that control because they're good at it, because they're good at building things. But not all areas are like that. And that's, that's exactly what you need to do. Concentrate on those areas that are within your circle of control and don't waste your time on the areas that are outside of it and, and including the parts of your personality that you wish were different. 
Yep. And Tober, do you have any strategies? Because I think it, it is easy, you know, to immediately blame others or other situations for, you know, where things are at. How do you switch from that quickly to, okay, yeah, you're right. Maybe that doesn't feel fair. Or, you know, if I wish this wasn't happening to, great, I internalize that, but now I'm going to go do something I can actually do something about. How have you found that you keep yourself in that mindset or get back to that mindset quickly? Yeah, that's, that's hard and something that I, <laughs> I wish I was better at. Honestly, one of the things that I think about, there's like a, a Carl Sagan quote that um, we are the universe getting to know itself, something like that. And, you know, consciousness to me, this is stepping back a little bit away from this entrepreneurship, but consciousness is just about the universe experiencing itself and other people having these other opinions and doing things that I would not do, leaving carts in the middle of the parking spot and inconveniencing other people. Man, that's upsetting. And I'm a victim of it. Man, I was a victim. I had to drive a whole other two, three minutes in order to find a spot. Damn it. But that's okay. You know, there, I think there are some objective rights and wrongs, but just realizing that we're all trying to be our best selves, that we're all learning, that we're all just part of this overall universe learning to experience itself. There's going to be some suboptimal things in there. And I think that's okay. It's, it's hard, but I try to embrace that. How about Tilfer, the dynamic of somebody, you know, you mentioned before, is it really what somebody or what you want versus what you can or can't do, right? So if you have an employee who's saying, I want to become a backend engineer, for example, I want to, I want to learn that skill set, but they're just not getting there. It's taking them a while. Do you have a different mentality towards that versus somebody who just seems to have resistance towards wanting to do it in the first place and kind of how much rope you're going to give that person? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it, one, it's okay not to want to be a backend or a front-end engineer. I completely cool. But if you want to be a backend engineer and I can help you do that, even though, you know, it's not my, my day-to-day at this point, but I have, I'm working with one of our employees now where it was very much like, Hey, I am not a software developer, but I want to develop those skills. And I'm like, hey, let's talk about books that you could be reading. And I'm about to work on this thing. You want to just hang out a little bit and to do that? Absolutely. That That's a whole different energy to be trying to help someone to do something that, that that's important to them rather than trying to get them to want something that they don't want. One of the things that I think is one of the areas where that's really tricky is on people management, right? And, and my experience has always been the best people managers are certainly those who actually enjoy the people management part of it, the mentorship, but yet everybody feels like to advance in their careers, right? You've got to go take that on. It's just part of the necessary step and whether they like it or not, it's just what you have to do to move up in a company. Is that an area you've, you've wrestled with before? I have, and I do think it is an area that Depending on what you're trying to build, it is an area that you need to develop those skills, working with other people and working with how to build people's skills, how to build teams. I do think that that's very crucial if you are building your own kind of company. Like you could go in and work at a large conglomerate. You could work at Oracle and you could stay within their technology stack for your entire career and never actually have to manage. That's perfectly fine. That's a, that's a great path to take for some people. 
But if you really want to build your own company, if you want to build your own thing, then you do have to be able to leverage your skills in bringing other people up too. And then, yeah, absolutely. It's an area that maybe very few people are born with knowing how to manage other people just inherently. Even if you are the extrovert, even if you are someone who can make conversation very, very easily, it's it's hard to balance. Hey, I've got people skills. I'm able to relate to people with, this is actually what's best for the company. This is actually what the company needs. Sometimes some managers I have found fall completely to the direction of, I make my team super happy, but we're not effective business. We're not effective. In, we're not effective in creating product. We're not effective in, in doing the things that we need to do. And that's that's a different skill set completely. So it's it's a challenge, but it's one of those things that we as entrepreneurs and people who are trying to build, I think it's very important for us to build those skills. Totally agree. Well, Dover, awesome lesson, really, really important and something that I think everybody can certainly benefit from both, you know, personally and in their in their careers. Where can our uh, guests follow along with what you all are building at Strata? Absolutely. Strata Strata. <laughs> You know what's funny is we just had an argument, a discussion about is it strata or is it strata? And I I vote that it must be strata because that's a Colorado way to pronounce it, as opposed to strata. Well, it's funny, there was that company, well funded company years ago, I profile in Colorado called Trata, but that was with a D, right? So I just assumed that with a T it was strata. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Strata, uh, strata.io, yeah, we're there all the time. We have very interesting blog postings and we'd love to guess. Great. Thanks so much, Joe, for really appreciate it. 